0: welcome to wretched the podcast where I tell strange and mysterious stories to my friends who rip them to shreds my name is Michelle a big welcome to my very entertaining co-hosts Levi and Luke how are you
1: we are well
2: how are you
0: I mean I'm fine Luke are you are you with us
2: I'm, I'm here I'm here don't worry
0: how's your week been
2: it's been pretty good yeah you know lots of socializing relative to Lockdown. Oh, oh, I shouldn't say that.
0: Hashtag <laughs> Going to get
2: in trouble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I guess you have been socially. Yeah. It was your birthday the other day.
2: Birthday things, you yeah, know. Yeah. Got a blanket for my birthday.
0: You got a blanket. That's got always useful. Kind of, is that not kind of like socks for your birthday? Kind of. Thing? I got
2: two pairs of socks, and <laughs> I love them. Holy shit! <laughs> look at
0: that. Okay. Well, look. Let's get straight into it. Today. I'm going to tell you a story that's a little bit more paranormal in nature. I know we've been doing crime-related stuff, you know, lately. But, you know, what's what do you guys believe in terms of paranormal? Hmm. Are
1: you asking me if I believe that there are aliens out
0: there? I'm asking about paranormal. Let's talk broad spectrum. Ghosts, Just magic. Th-
1: okay, okay, okay. I um definitely think that there are other sort of... Other than us, other than our physical being, there are definitely other things out there for sure. What form they take? Am I to know?
2: Hell no. <laughs> but or, <laughs> do they exist? Hell yes. Like Alien wise, I mean, there's always that like, you know, it's just a numbers game. Odds are there's other life out there. Odds are there's intelligent life somewhere, but totally. it's so far away sort of thing. So that's more just like a, a sort of a scientific understanding. But in terms of like ghosts and paranormal stuff, in our accessible world, so-so, you know? Okay. My mom's quite spiritual, so she's she's always punting that stuff. But I, I don't know. I'm a bit... I'm a, I am am a bit of a skeptic, but, you know,
1: D- let's, let's see if way. I can be convinced. If we are the most intelligent life form out there, the universe is fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's hope that there are other entities that are far superior to what we are. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's hope so. Okay, well, let's talk aliens specifically. I mean, okay. we've yeah. just touched on... You know, if we are the only life forms out there, mm. one, it's extremely unlikely. I mean, we know about how many billions and billions of mm. fucking galaxies there are and mm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, do you believe in aliens? Do you I believe in little green men? I don't
2: know. Things have been going pretty downhill since we raided Area 51. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I think that, you know, even if they are. Other entities out there, I just think we seem to, we appear as a whole to be just too basic. There's nothing we can do for them. <laughs> we're, there's a, nothing, we're a bit of a mess. I'll yeah, be- there's nothing that we could help them
2: with. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, we, we can't really help ourselves. We're the much, bottom so. of the barrel.
1: We're the scavengers. Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I <laughs> imagine that the sort of, they're aware of us, but they're like, mm, we'll wait a bit. We'll, we'll wait a couple so more. We'll wait till they evolve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> either they're going to burn themselves out or they're going to evolve to yeah. so someone we can actually talk to. You know, people you know.
0: have been claiming to see aliens and be abducted by aliens mm. and etc. Do you think that mass sightings are more credible than one person saying, I was abducted?
2: Well, abduction versus sightings are very Okay, let's say things. mass
0: sightings versus I saw Sin- single a single sightings. Yeah. Um,
2: actually, no, I don't think they're any more credible because one person seeing something in the sky that is sort of unidentified is not really that different necessarily from a bunch of people seeing it because it's just unidentified. It doesn't mean it's like an alien. So most of the time when people see something, it's not a, U- or it's not a spaceship or something. A UFO is just like an air balloon or something Okay, let me be more specific like that. then. Let okay. me be more
0: specific What do you think of mass sightings of alien beings Ah, than one person saying, I saw an alien being?
2: Well, I guess from a pure stats point, I guess it's more credible. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I I don't know if I believe it, but you have to
1: say. Listen, there's always, if the three of us see something, we're also going to convince each other of what we have just seen. And we are gonna, like, I think to go with Luke, if we Mm. some see something foreign, a sort of foreign entity, Mm. but one of us convinces the other that was an alien, the general Mm. consensus is that we have had an alien sighting. So there's a bit of a yin and a yang of it. It, would, it could be to the detriment or if someone could influence the others that they when yeah. it was a fucking cat <laughs> you know <laughs> you know yeah. but so and then again when you see something and you have no other frame of reference it could be your mind playing tricks on you so yeah. again who's to know <laughs> okay
0: well the story I'm going to tell you today takes place in 1994 at the aerial school in a town called Rua in Zimbabwe Ooh. Ooh. where over 60 children between the ages of 7 and 13 experienced a close encounter of the third kind.
2: Little liars. Between
1: seven <laughs> 60 <and> children! <laughs> 7 and 13. Seven and
0: I don't 13 know. I,
2: I watched my class in school conspire against teachers very effectively. So, <laughs> Don't the... underestimate the ability of kids to okay. telephib collectively. I'm
0: not going to try and disprove that because I'm not saying that the kids mm. didn't come up with this. But it's... Let's just let's just get into the story. Let's get into How about it. that? <laughs> so, just before we get into it, I first read about the story from a book that was written by a really, really amazing podcaster called Richard McElaine Smith. His podcast called Unexplained, in my opinion, is probably one of the best mystery and paranormal podcasts that you can find out oh, there. Wow. If you're into that sort of thing, and if you are mm. listening to us, you probably are. So, go and check out his podcast seriously. <laughs> um, so, this story comes essentially out of his book. It's not. He didn't, you know, discover the story, Mm, but mm. this version comes from his book. Okay. 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 Are we ready?
1: Hit us up. Born ready.
0: Okay, let's get into it. On the evening of September the 14th, 1994, there was an explosion of light and sound above Harare, Zimbabwe. Cynthia Hind, a South African writer turned UFO expert, hears the explosion and rushes (laughs) to her balcony. Why? why, why (laughs) What is funny about that? Turned UFO expert (laughs) I want to see that I
2: want to see that Lower third on TV UFO expert Okay
1: Okay Miss UFO expert Tell us
0: Okay Rushed to her balcony To see if there was Any threat to her And her family Zimbabwe had won Its independence 14 years prior But there was always A small chance An attack could occur As she gazed Up into the night sky From her balcony She saw no remnants Of a bomb No smoke No sirens blaring No flashing lights In fact, there was an unnatural stillness. No animals could be heard, no wind in the trees. Cynthia jumped into the car with her friend and daughter in an attempt to get to the bottom of things and discover what the explosion was. As they drove around the neighborhood searching for any indication, any sign of activity, Cynthia's home phone was ringing off the hook. But I'll come back to that later.
1: So Cynthia heard an explosion and she says, okay, I'm going to put my daughter in a car and drive towards this explosion. Yes. This UFO expert. Yeah. Gotta I like suss Cynthia. <laughs> got to suss it out. No, I like Cynthia. She's yeah. logical, that one.
2: Yeah. I'm <laughs> not going to wait for That's it to come to, to me. That's what you need. You need a UFO expert. Absolutely. She's got to be yeah, uh, go. broadening her expertise.
0: Yeah. You guys are rude, eh? <laughs> <laughs> After many years of writing for women's magazines... Cynthia's passion for the paranormal, particularly UFO phenomenon, helped her land an interview with alien abductee Elizabeth Clara. She's a tough guest
2: to land, eh?
0: <laughs> Elizabeth, hey, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Clara was a South African woman who claimed to have been contacted by aliens multiple times between 1954 and 1963. Clara's first visitation. Would have occurred around seven years old, and she was one of the first women to claim a sexual relationship with an extraterrestrial.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Let's get Let's this started.
0: <laughs> Look, Clara is not important to the story. I'm just saying
1: you could drop that bombshell and then walk away <laughs> from Clara. <laughs> Are we going to talk about this. She's them? been boning aliens. Like I mean, we need to I know need about this.
0: There Please. is a documentary on YouTube about it. Okay, go and check it out. But Happening. Clara is not important. What I'm saying is this is how Cynthia became an expert. Because of Clara. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who
2: would know more about aliens than a woman who's been burning them? I mean, if you... Yeah, Yeah,
0: credibility is there.
2: How Mm. are they, hey? What did
1: she say? I didn't
0: watch the whole documentary.
1: Tell us to stop.
0: (laughs) 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 To the listeners out there, Levi was making very crude gestures with his hands. Okay. so.
1: So we're done with Clara now.
0: So Clara is just a catalyst to okay. Cynthia's fame as a UFO expert.
1: I think Cynthia just wanted to get boned by an alien. <laughs> That's what Clara <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so after the interview with Clara was published in an American magazine called Fate, Cynthia found herself inundated with letters from many other people wanting to share their paranormal experiences with her. Thus sprung Cynthia's career into the world of paranormal reporting. This reputation is what caused the monumentous amount of calls to come into her home that night. When she arrived home from the drive with her friend and daughter to find the phone ringing incessantly, she began answering them to discover that it wasn't a bomb that exploded. It seemed that what many people were reporting were strange lights in the sky, lights that moved and pulsed through the night. Cynthia called the newspaper The Herald, who then told her they had also been receiving many calls and reports about the same thing some coming from as far as johannesburg however at this time the editor of the herald told her that the source of the lights had already been determined a meteorite shower was the apparent conclusion albeit disappointed cynthia tried to forget about the lights in the sky but could not shake the feeling that something wasn't quite right jumping forward to a different part of zimbabwe on the next day the aerial school in a town called rua has just rung the bell for recess and the kids are flowing out the doors onto the playground the teachers are in a staff meeting which meant that there was only one volunteering parent outside to watch the few hundred children the children in grades one to seven aged six to 13 years all came from the wealthier parts of zimbabwe and were a broad mix of ethnicities <laughs> 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 okay The children in grades 1 to 7, aged 6 to 13 years, all came from the wealthier parts of Zimbabwe and were a broad mix of ethnicities. Shona, Indabele, Karanga, amongst other tribes, as well as first and second generation European immigrants.
2: You want to run that one again without a laugh? No. (laughs) (laughs) She laughed at European people, it's
1: fine. (laughs) (laughs)
0: While the children played, some of them became aware of a strange loud humming noise coming from the side of the playground that was lined with trees. The buzzing began to intensify and a flash of light came up from somewhere in the distance. Some of the children began to gather at the edge of the playing field, as if they were being called over by somebody. Suddenly all the children that had gathered came running from the edge of the playing field to the parent that was on duty. Some are wide-eyed some inconsolable with tears, but they all came with the same story. Something had landed in the trees at the end of the playground and two little beings in silver and black suits with humongous eyes had gotten out of it. Some of the children ran to the staff room where the teachers were having their meeting. A child began banging on the door. When the headmaster Mr. Mackey opened it, he found the child in an extremely agitated state. The child told him that a ship had landed on the playground. Mr. Mackey did not take the boy at his word and told him the meeting would be over soon. Ten minutes later, as the teachers emerge from the meeting, they find the children on the playground all huddled together, some with tears streaming down their faces. Mr. Mackey tries to ask what is going on, and the children all talk rapidly to him, drowning each other out. Some children say they saw the craft land, Others say it was already there when they arrived. They speak of its shiny exterior and circular shape, but more urgently, they speak of the two men that had emerged from the ship. Men with peculiar long black hair and massive eyes that weren't in the right places on their heads. Mr. Mackey decided to get to the bottom of the situation. He would bring all the children that said they saw something to the hall and have them draw what they saw. Over 60 children followed him to the hall all the children draw a similar scene. Trees, a saucer-like craft, and little men with big eyes. Now, if you'd like to have a look at the picture. Oh, I would. For the listeners at home, you can see these pics on our Patreon. Or on Google, I mean, you can just look this up.
2: I like the alien with the long hair. Yeah. (laughs) It's got like a weave. (laughs) You know, the first thing is obviously something was seen. You know, there's no doubt that 60 mm. kids would, you know, I think my earlier assertion that they all little fibbers <laughs> was maybe a little unfair.
0: <laughs> maybe a little bit unfair. But I don't
2: know. I don't trust kids. Um,
0: See, it it wasn't case. a crash. Yeah. According to the children, the ship didn't crash.
2: It
1: landed. It landed.
0: In a tree. In the trees. Not in the tree, but right. it landed like amongst, amongst, amongst the trees. the trees. Yeah. And then the two little men got out and... Did what? Let me. Let's get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <There we> go. <laughs> Shall this we was carry
1: on? 1994. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. This could be the. This could be the story of the coming of Robert Mugabe. <laughs> 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 this is how he landed in Zimbabwe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when the bell rings for the end of the day, they tell the kids to try to forget about what they saw and sent them home. That evening, when Mr. Good, Mackey. Good
2: strategy. Good, good plan.
0: <laughs> just just I know. forget about the it.
1: The lack of empathy in 1904 in Zimbabwe. I
0: know. <laughs> just forget about it.
2: <laughs> walk no, it no, off. No, no, just walk it off. Don't fuss it. Don't fuss it. <laughs>
0: you, you're fine. You're Keep fine? calm and carry on. Yeah. That, good,
2: that good Rhodesian. <laughs> <Is> that,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that evening when Mr. Mackey went through the pictures, he became more and more concerned. Each picture having the same ship, the same men and the same bulbous eyes. Soon after this, a man named Tim Leach, a cameraman and photojournalist, is told about the event by an acquaintance. He immediately calls his friend Cynthia Hind.
2: Mm. I have to just say, this is sounding a lot like an episode of South Park. Or well, like the first <laughs> episode of South Park, Mr. Mackey. Oh, yeah. Kids, well, just forget about what you saw, okay? <laughs> okay. And, drives right. gay. and the first episode of South Park is, I think it's called Cartman Gets Probed. I think it's Cartman yes, Gets I, Abducted yeah, by an yeah, alien yeah. okay. now. So. Yeah,
0: it does. Well, I mean,
2: and wasn't it released in 94? Oh, my God.
0: <gasps> no, it probably South wasn't. Park. <laughs> it
2: probably wasn't, no. but.
0: Okay. Cynthia, by chance, has a friend whose child... Was one of the children who witnessed the event In no time She is on the phone with Fifi Who recounts her story Fifi tells it in as many details As she can remember Like how a strong wind swept across the playground Just as a bright light Had dropped into the trees She Hmm. also Hmm. What? Nothing Just
1: hmm. curious. He's processing.
0: Um, Luke is (laughs) processing. processing. If you listen very
3: carefully, you can hear the gears (laughs) like turning.
0: (laughs) She also explains how some of her classmates had reported seeing little men in black suits, but she hadn't seen him herself. Hmm. Okay, wait. Luke, are you going to try and debunk this whole thing?
2: No. (laughs) No, I mean... You know, I positioned myself as the, skeptic, as the skeptic at the beginning of the podcast. Cool. So I guess, I guess I have to now. Yeah, you do. You, you <laughs> I guess do. I've picked my lane.
0: Levi, Does you? that make
2: me the protagonist?
1: You've got to be like, no, go it's go real.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shut
2: up about Our the general of
1: consensus proof right Robert. now is that there was a sighting of some sort yes. for sure. Mm. An encounter of the the, the third kind. It is the
2: third kind.
0: Yes. I had to look it up. (laughs) I know I've asked
2: you before, but what are are encounters of the first and second kind again? So
0: an encounter of the first kind. That chick that was boning
2: them, she got the first kind. (laughs) 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 She got the first kind, okay?
0: (laughs) Okay. Cynthia also spoke with an 11-year-old Barry and 12-year-old Fungi that same night. Both boys attest to having seen the beings. They both said... That they had clearly seen the large black eyes shaped like rugby balls and had also experienced a weird slowing down of time when they neared the ship. The next morning Cynthia and Tim drive to the school where they meet with the teachers and they take them through what happened the previous day. None of the teachers wanted to believe that a UFO had really landed in the school playground but they also couldn't answer the question about how kids could ever begin to coordinate a hoax like that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) These kids are fibbing, telling porky pies.
0: Porky pies. Porky
2: pies. pies. I'm trying to to up my Cockney rhyming slang game. I don't know why. Because
0: that's important.
2: (laughs) It's important, especially when you live at the southern tip of Africa.
0: (laughs) Tim filmed Cynthia as she examined the drawings made by the children. Noticing the similarities and small differences in the drawing suggested to Cynthia that the children had not concocted the story together. After this she was introduced to six children from grade seven whom she interviewed
4: together. Uh, these are the grade sevens, the oldest children here at the school. they saw something? Did you all see something? Yes. Can you just tell me very briefly if we go along, just say what your name is and what, what you saw? Nathaniel Coxall. What did you see? I, there was a sort of like ship landed on the ground. Why do you say ship? Did it have a shape? Yes. That what? It was. It had a, a long top and it was flat at that side. Or oh, just around the side. Just, a, um, so sort of like a platform coming down the side. Did you see anything else? Yes, we saw a black man running around Just A little man, or what? From where we looked, he was about this small, but we were quite way away. So, it was about our size. Could you see his face? No. What's your name? My name's Luke and I didn't see the spaceship, but I saw the little black guy. she looked. She was all black, and it looked like he had long hair. Could you see his face? No. no just just in a black, what was he wearing? Uh, it just looked like he, he had long hair on. Long hair, and he was and all black. But he yeah. wasn't naked. No. Yes. What did he have on? No, that's all, that's all he could. So you could only see that? that? Yeah. Why was he among the trees? It's just felt like a shadow. I just saw a shadow, What is your name? Redwood. Oh, and you also saw the, this? Yes, we were all there. Creature? Yes. What did you think it was? Um, I don't know, really. Did you see the thing? Whatever it was, land? Yes. Um, I saw the bell ring. Um. <coughs> I was walking up to the class and I just saw flashes in the side of my eye. And that's really what I also. But you didn't see anything on the ground. No, I saw it j- just the the What's your name? I I I'm Daniel Mandy and, and I saw the this silver thing in, in amongst this clump of, of trees with this one thing sitting o- o- on the side and uh, another thing sort of like running up and down the, the top. When you say thing, was it a form of some sort? Yeah, it, al- it almost looked like a real person except it was fairly plump. Plump, ah, I feel yeah. <laughs> And what did you think it was? What were your thoughts? I... um. At first I at, at at first I thought it was um just some uh, some boy from the from the the compound um playing playing uh uh but um, but the hair was it looked more like our hair. It 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 wasn't curly. You, that that thing almost looked like a hippie. Okay your name my name is Watson i saw um I saw the little black men they they had long, longish hair and it was all black and they had big black eyes. That's all I saw. I saw a glimpse. they kind of turned around and stared and then went back into a kind of like ship it, kind there was like. Sort of one big one with quite a few little ones, as all scattered around. When you say you have big eyes, show me with your hands the size completely. They were oval, kind of like that. Oval? Yes. I see. And could you see anything else on the face? No, I couldn't. All I could see was his hair and when he turned around and then he... Were you afraid? Yes, I was. What did you think it was? Well, everybody was saying that there were UFOs and everything, so but Other people I, said there were UFOs. Yeah, um, people were coming around telling... Um, we were in the classroom and I ran out and I saw it. Well,
2: I think that stuttering kid said it best, it was just a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, just some hippie running around.
0: <laughs> okay, so over the next few weeks, the story of the peculiar event in a small, rural town in Zimbabwe reached the rest of the globe, and eventually reached a man named Dr. John Mack, the professor of psychology at Harvard Medical School. Dr. Mack had become interested in reports from people who claimed to have been contacted by aliens, and he would spend a decade studying the subject. At first, he assumed that witnesses were suffering from some kind of psychological disorder. However, many of his subjects did not display pathologies whatsoever. Something that Dr. Mack noticed was that almost all subjects had their whole perspective of the world changed after their encounter. After deciding to expand his research and looking outside the U.S., he decided to arrange a trip to South Africa when he heard the news of the aerial school. Deciding it was too good an opportunity to pass up, he and his assistant made a plan to visit the school and over two days, a pair of them investigated the situation. What I'm about to show you are some of the interviews that Dr. Mack conducted during his time at the aerial school. The first voice that you will hear will be that of Dr. Mack's assistant. You will then hear Dr. Mack and the children being interviewed and finally Dr. Mack's summation of the entire experience.
3: We talked with a lot of individuals about their experiences, but there's something about talking with, you know, a group that has collectively experienced the same thing, um, that is just more convincing and seems more legitimate in the case where we spoke with young children who had experienced a visitation from two ufos and the two beings who had hovered over their playground during recess this was at a small secondary school outside simba outside harare in zimbabwe and 60 children at recess had seen these two ufos hover two alien beings come out and i even remember how one little girl described it to me she said it was as if they were kind of floating above the grass towards us or hopping across the grass towards us and in this case um i remember john's voice very specifically as he asked one little girl and these were very disciplined sort of post-colonial ch- little children um different races with braids very well spoken and john said well what would you call these beings that you saw and she'd say i'd call them aliens i call them alien beings.
5: In September 1994, over 60 children from this school in the suburbs of Harare, Zimbabwe, witnessed several objects landing and two beings coming out. Just over two months later, John and Dominique came to the scene to work with the children, their parents, and the teachers still suffering from shock. John, who essentially specialized in child psychiatry, devoted a great deal of time to interviewing the children. Something scared you. Is that right? Was yes. you, what What scared you?
4: The noise.
5: What noise?
4: The noise that we heard in the air.
5: You heard a noise in the yes. air? What was it like? Like a roar or a buzz or a hum or what kind of a noise?
4: It was like someone was blowing a flute. It was scary myself.
5: It was scary because you saw something yourself?
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. I saw... Little object hovering, it was quite big, actually, and then there was little ones all around it. We saw something silver, and then we quickly ran to the lo- to the logs and we saw a silver silver thing, and we saw a man standing next to it.
5: What was it little feel like when he was looking at you? I
4: felt scared it,
5: it felt scary what was scary about it
4: well, I felt scared because i 've never seen such a Person like that
5: before.: Did you see the eyes? What did they look like? They
4: were um, going like
5: that. Mm-hmm. Where was the pointy part? It was the pointy part in here, or was the pointy part oh, up yeah. there, up there. And what was the feeling when you looked at the eyes?: um, It was scary.-hmm. And what scary, why? What made it scary? The eyes looked evil. Evil? Mm-hmm. And what was evil about them? Say what you mean by evil. The, the, it looked evil because it
4: was just
5: staring at me. With what? Staring at you as if what? As if to do what? As if it wanted to come and take
4: us. As
5: if it wanted to come and take you. That was the feeling you got? Did it wanted you to go with it? Did you feel like you wanted to go with it? No. Did you feel what was the effect on you when when you felt it wanted to have you go with it? I just um,
0: and I started crying. They came running up here in such a panic. And I mean, even if we had staged it they could not
3: have run all together like that. Even if we practiced it I don't know how many times. But <laughs> <laughs> they came up here like a living snake. And they just came, we were in a staff meeting and we just heard them screaming, screaming, ah, and they were, yeah, you know, and the child can't make that up. <laughs> I was very skeptical in the beginning as well. Um, I believed that they'd seen something, but I wasn't prepared to accept that it was anything supernatural or anything like that. But I think the consistency of, of what's been going on indicates that it was more than I was prepared to admit in the beginning.
4: So both of them were running. One was running and. Um, in the trees, and the other one was running, running across the ship, because mm-hmm. there were also trees here.
5: Mm-hmm. The eyes were, were like more pointed as they came in toward the center of the yes. head, is that?
4: Uh, no, more circular, and this was all black here. All oh,
5: black. And you've it's made pupils. Small. Do they actually have pupils, or yes, was it... Yes, the
4: pupils were white. What? The pupils were white like that. And
5: you saw white in the center?
4: Yes, like that. Mm-hmm.
5: Was he near the uh, the silver object or was he far from? on
4: top.
5: On top of the silver yes. object, okay. And um, did you look at him? Yes. Did he look at you?
4: Yes, he gave me the creeps. I gave to you me. the
5: creeps. Actually, in your drawing, you showed him standing up, didn't you?
4: Yes, I had to draw him standing up, because I couldn't draw him
3: sitting.
4: <laughs> 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 what I thought was maybe. The war's gonna end. Maybe they're telling us the war's gonna end.
5: Um, well, why do you think they might want us to be scared?
4: Because um, you maybe because we never we don't look after the planet and um, the area properly. Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, maybe this is—is is this an idea that? Uh, you have had before that we don't look after the planet properly in the air or did this idea come to you when you had this experience
4: when i had this experience
5: mm-hmm. and how did that idea come to you from this ex- this is a little hard but try try to be with me here okay when you how did this idea come to you when you had this experience
4: I just felt all horrible inside.
5: You felt horrible. At what point did you feel that? When you saw the craft, or when you got home at night, or when I
4: got home?
5: You had that horrible feeling when you got home. Yes. And say more about that horrible feeling, Lisa. What was it like?
4: It was like in the world, all the trees will just go down, and and there will be no air, and people will be dying.
5: Mm-hmm. And those thoughts came to you, had you had those thoughts before this experience? No. No. And did, how did those thoughts come to you? Did they come to you from the craft or from?
4: From the man.
5: The man. And the man, did the man say those things to you? Uh, how did he get that across to you?
4: Well, he never said anything. It's just that the face
5: is the eyes. What was the sense you got from those eyes?
4: He was interested.
5: They uh, describe these experiences or these events like a person talks about something that has happened to them. Uh, And when you're talking with a a psychotic who's telling you something and it's a delusion and you feel that it really didn't happen, I can tell. I mean, I know this is something that person wants me to believe, or they're frightened, or they're distorting reality in some way. There's nothing like that here. These are people of sound mind by and large, uh, telling me something that's very. They know that I might think they're crazy and so they're a little concerned about telling me and, and they, they're very full of questioning themselves and doubt and I mean the way and then they describe something very real and intense, a light or something happened to their body or uh, they, it, it's the whole quality of the way they talk about it is the way a person talks about experience that, that happened to them. <laughs>
0: that I say
2: good. once again, hmm.
0: <laughs> 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 mm. yeah. okay. So, what can we make of this mystery? Today, a few of the children who experienced the event have been working with a production company to make a movie called The Aerial Phenomenon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. It-
0: nice. <laughs> what?
1: Cash what?
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually watch videos of the kids talking. Well, they're not kids anymore. Yeah. But on The Aerial Phenomenon's YouTube page.
2: That I would be very interested to see, because that yeah, was going to be one like of my questions to you. Yeah, so just where are these guys now? Qualifies, you know.
1: So so let's. Experience. This
0: is now discussion. Yeah. Okay. So Luke, you're the skeptic.
2: <laughs> so let's talk about what I touched on earlier, which is the burden of proof and a bit about psychology. And I'm gonna really, you know, get in there. Really gonna, really gonna. Position, like I know what I'm talking about here. He doesn't. <laughs> so in
0: terms, of, <laughs> I <can> assume, yeah.
2: <laughs> So in terms of the burden of proof, what I was touching on earlier was was that it gets very hard to discuss these sorts of events and stuff, you know. And it's not just UFOs; it's like ghosts too, because the burden of proof should fall on the person who is making the claim. If I claim I believe this to be this way then it is on you to prove that. And people sometimes have a tough time recognizing that it's not, if you can't prove me wrong, then I must be right. It doesn't work that way around. That starts to go into territory where really we're we're making excuses to believe their story rather than getting them to prove whatever happened to them happened. That said, in the case of all these, you know, all the staff were agreeing that this was not some thing that the kids conspired and made up to do, because it's just not realistic. Um, You know, that that starts to venture into almost conspiracy theory territory, where it's just not practical that this conspiracy would have been carried out, and and therefore we shouldn't buy into it. Kids, I I mean at that young age, they
1: haven't automated themselves yet. Not to say that they might not have experienced trauma or anything that could alter their perception of reality or anything, but they are innocent. And that's the purest definition of innocence actually is your judgment is not clouded, right? So for me, the fact that they are drawing the same thing and they are describing it to be the same, you know, and they don't have this, and I'm sure this is where this guy was going with these questioning because when she, that girl was explaining her emotions and her feeling and he asked, is this the first time you felt it? Because homegirl has never thought about the environment before. Well, okay. I, I
0: feel like maybe she has, but not in that way. She had an, an automatic sense
1: of guilt overwhelm yeah. her when she saw an alien because the the... I mean, I just confirmed that. I'm calling yeah. an alien. Let me, not, <laughs> let me let me slow down. But she she got this overwhelming sense of guilt that was transferred yeah. by them, as if to say, "Listen, there is this. We are here to either re- let you know about something or reprimand you about something." And that is kind yeah. of the narrative about people's encounters with aliens because yeah. they're brief. Because why do they abduct? in air quotes, you know, and and not keep or do anything. Because when they send them back, Mm. air quotes, (laughs) these people have just come back disturbed, but they don't have no special powers. They don't have special insight. (laughs) They
0: don't, you know. So, Eva, if you get abducted by an alien, Mm -hmm. do you want to come back with like some kind of special power? Can a bitch
1: learn to fly? Like, give me something. You took me all the way to the stratosphere to do what? To annoy me? To give me nightmares? Like, what happened? Why? You know? Well,
2: so so for me, what I'm my, I went to I went to Galaxy Z on Delta and all I got was this lousy anal bird. <laughs> I got a bird yeah, yeah, yeah. They branded me. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Like that's just like you, okay, they abducted your tired ass, your random tired ass. But like okay, and so but what? Listen, my ass ain't sticking around to what you Fly away. Okay. When I see an alien, I'm going the other way. I know Cynthia and putting children in a car and driving towards it. If I see an alien spaceship, I'm gonna go, okay. Bye. <laughs> I'm going the other way. Because mm. no good's gonna come out of it, guys. I
2: don't you know. Should. You might get you might get oh. some pretty sweet alien poon, dude. Like from yeah, the sounds sorry. of it. From the sound of the eyes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I look into my eyes, not much else to look at. Oh.
1: <laughs> For me, yeah. there's so much out there that we no, A can't comprehend. We, we're not smart enough. We will never be able we to just comprehend can't figure it, it out yet. We yeah. aren't it. We really yeah. aren't it. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Mm. I just wonder why that anybody would care to come to this planet. <laughs> 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 but see,
0: that's, a, that's, a, that's a big argument though right now. Is that two aliens, we are like ants. No, we're nuts, Why yeah. would they come here? Why would they even try to interact with us? We are so underdeveloped. Well, it's like taking a trip to...
1: What? Long like you know, it was like a, why would you go a, a, a quick, a quick holiday. and Sometimes you just need a cheap. They, they were broke. <laughs> Two broke bitches. They need to take a cheap trip. So they came to Zimbabwe, rural Zimbabwe. You know, and they came for a, a young holiday, and off they went. They did
2: know? some. Well, it's long weekend in their in their realm of time and now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, for life to be in our solar system, that would be very small odds you know and that makes yeah. sense that we can't see that but we are looking very far you know you're more into the space stuff than me yeah. Mish, so you probably know much more about Look, this we are
0: looking very far but yeah. the thing is you know there's also this an argument that even if there was something for us to see maybe we're not looking with the right tools because we don't have the right tools
2: Ah, uh, yeah
0: so maybe there is something there but, but we, we just don't
2: actually know how to we don't know how to assess it, it. Yeah. yeah
0: so that's why a lot, you know there's SETI, which is looking for audio you know sound okay that the space that space makes you know the flute sound the flute sound, <laughs> <laughs> the flute sound. But they've I got mean, they shoot out radio waves into space they shoot yeah. out x rays you know they're, that's how they dis- they're, know,
2: trying every
1: they're trying every possible, possible
2: wavelength I mean, and everything my question is why
0: what do you mean why? why we can
1: barely take care of our own selves we're inviting oh, we're not other take entities care of them. we're gonna try <laughs> and
2: steal some of that sweet sweet technology they're gonna oh. give us shit <laughs> but a headache <laughs> have
1: you watched independence day <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just want an alien to come down one day and say to me take me to your dealer
0: thank you for listening to this episode of wretched if you had a good time and would like to help us make more of these shows Find us on Patreon and get involved in that bonus content for as little as $2 a month. If you have a story you would like us to take a look at, please email us at wretchedpodcast at gmail.com. We love getting those suggestions. Wretched is hosted and produced by me, Michelle Nell, co-hosted by Levi Brown and Luke Housden, recorded and mixed by Soundcast Studios. Our music is by Purple Planet. See you next time.